International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition like International Orienteering Podcast It is uh, really nice again to welcome you to International Orienteering Podcast um, This episode we have called the Silly Season Special but we also have some uh, other stuff than uh, just silly season, Ivo. Yeah, so we will start with, uh, like always, with some information about the races that have been held. And as we talked about in the previous podcast, there's been Park World Tour events at Mauritius. So we will start with that. And then we will look at the national team selections for Sweden and Denmark. Uh, then we will look uh, about the silly season stuff. And uh, it's not uh, silly, it's uh, quite serious, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, I think the uh, the name Silly Season, it comes from football, uh, where it's like between between the season, there there is nothing to talk about, there's no matches to talk about, so then they talk about the potential transfers. Uh, and with orienteering, it's, uh, of course, always stuff going on. Uh, but yeah, the transfer market uh, is very, very interesting. Uh, especially when you're thinking about the big relays to Milan Nicola. Where do you think the biggest transfer is? Where is it most money, you think? In Finland, maybe? I think in general, uh, it's Finland, yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes the, the really big transfers, they happen later, maybe closer to Christmas. Uh, but we've had some really, really big ones already. So there's plenty to talk about. Yeah, but uh, we will start uh, at uh, Mauritius, uh, where they had uh, these uh, three days um, this uh, weekend. Uh, it was um, uh, uh, mostly sprint racing, uh, wasn't it? One the middle yes, distance. It was two two sprint races and one middle distance. And of course, the middle distance, the, it was in a proper forest. Uh, the map didn't look too bad, uh, but mostly it was quite open and nice terrain. Uh, but yeah, it looked like uh, yeah, quite nice days of orienteering. Uh, not too tricky, uh, but very suitable for veterans. And I mean, they are the main focus group for the Park World Tour. So it was around uh, 100 uh, participants uh, in the races, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, and there was a lead group also with uh, Yannick Michels, Megan Carter Davis, and Ricardo Scalé, Eustin Kvalustabø. In the elite class, who was the yeah, best? So th- yeah. yeah, so there was uh, four or five good men there and three good women. Uh, but of course, in yeah, so in the women's class, it was a clean sweep for Megan Carter Davis. She won all the three races, no surprise there. And she also won the overall, of course, uh, quite big margin down to Susan Lush and Mile Bowie. Yeah, and uh, that was exactly as uh, we or you guessed uh, in last episode. And in the men's yeah. class? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I think I guessed that uh, Yannick would win two of the three races. And he won the first and the last, so he won the two sprint races. And then in the in the middle distance, he got beaten by Ben Mitchell, uh, which we actually forgot to mention as one of the elite runners uh, in the previous episode. Uh, but Ben is a quite good orienteer. I think he's been running in the British national team this year, European champs, maybe also in the World Cup final in Davos. And he did a really good race in the middle distance, beating beating Yannick there. And at uh, that uh, race, uh, Ricardo Scalé had a mispunch also, and he went out of the overall 
standings. Then. Yeah. So so in the overall, it was Yannick uh, that won ahead of Ben Mitchell and then Aston Kual in third place. So uh, still, Aston uh, Kual is uh, at the podium there. Um, should, is it more to tell about uh, those races, or should we continue to the national team selection in uh, Sweden and Denmark? Yeah, I think we can move to the national team selections. Uh, is there something, um, uh, yeah, something strange uh, in the A group of the Swedish team where we have Tuva Alexandersson, Sara Hagström, Hanna Lundberg, Colin Olsson, Lisa Risby, Lina Strand? And Johanna Öberg in the no, nothing strange. I mean, uh, all of these have performed really, really well at the international level in the last season. So the, the only new runner there is uh, Johanna Öberg. Uh, she was in the development team last year and now she's up in the A team, which is well deserved. She has been plenty of top 10 results internationally this year. And with the Forest World Championship next year, it's uh, she's an obvious candidate for the, for the team there and should be in the A team. So... I think uh, this selection of the A group uh, is very, very little controversial. And uh, on the men's side, we have uh, Max Peter Beimar, Gustav Bergman, Jonathan Gustafsson, Anton Johansson, Isaac von Krusenstjerna, August Molén, Martin Regborn, Albin Riedefeldt and Emil Svensk. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I think, did every one of them win international medals this year? I'm not sure if... Isaac von Kruisenstein, if he was in the, yeah, he in the was relay in the, team. Yeah, he was he in was, the relay team. Yeah. Yeah. So all of them has medals from international championship this year, which is very unique. Uh, so, yeah, not controversial at all either here. Uh, so Håkan Karlsson and the Swedish coaches, they are playing it very safe this year. Uh, I think uh, maybe and there is one uh, disappointed guy up in uh, Falun. He has a big brother in the team, but, but uh, Victor Svensk is not in the team. Maybe, maybe. Ah, uh, I mean, uh, it's it's they have nine guys, nine guys in the A team, uh, and that's already. I think that's bigger than normal. Uh, and yeah, of course, Victor Svensk he also got the relay medal uh, at European Champs, uh, but individually is not. He doesn't have the results the other boys have, so I think uh, I think it's fair that he's in the in the development team for one more year at least. Uh, and then we can uh, continue to the development team, uh, where we on the women's side has Emma Biasmo, Katrina Kostamans, Sanna Fast, Vilma von Krusenstjerna, Alva Sundesson, Andreas Svensson, Frida Wikström, and Tilda Östberg. In the yeah, 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 and it's. Uh... I mean, it's uh, almost a carbon copy of the team from last year uh, because every single one of these were were in the team last year as well. Uh, but then last year, we had also Johanna Öberg in the development team, but she is now moved to the A team. And then you had Elinor Sjernlin in the development team and she is now out of the, of the national team. Yeah, so uh, it's much the same. Um, in the men's side here, we have uh, Felix Oxelsson, Noel Brown, Alex Elm, Oxel Almblad, Oxel Granqvist, Simon Hector, Simon Imark, Henrik Johansson, Jens Reynolds, and Victor Svensk, as we mentioned earlier. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, it, it can be a bit harsh, you know, if you look at Henrik Johansson, for example. He was seventh place at European Champs long distance, and he is not in the A team, but that's because the, they have so many guys that have better results than him. 
and it's the same with Viktor Svensk. The others have better results. I think the interesting part here is that Noel Brown is in the development team uh, with the elites, even if he still has a junior year left. Um, but that's the same Axel Elmbla. He was put in this team last year when he was still having one year left as a junior. Uh, so I think that's quite good that they put the J-Walk winners straight into the elite team so they can go to some training camps, uh, even if they still have a year with the juniors. So also here, very little changes. Uh, Noel Brown is new in the team and Felix Axelsson is new in the team. And then the only one that is out is Samuel Pilström. And I mean, that's not a surprise. Uh, he get he got a spot in the team for his good sprint results last year, but this year his sprint results was not not impressive. And he was also doing really, really well on the athletics track. So I think that this is a, a kind of goodbye to orienteering from, for Samuel Pilström and that he will focus on his athletics career the coming years. Yeah, he has a really good uh, personal best uh, for an orienteer in uh, 1500. That's uh, that's the most amazing uh, personal best for him, I think. Yeah, uh, for uh, for so, an orienteering runner. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he got a time of 3:37 in 1500 or something like that. Yeah. So, and with that as a 22-year-old or something like that, I mean, it's quite obvious that his focus should be the upcoming Olympics in Paris, not or orienteering yeah and uh, but the one who has uh, changed from uh, athletics to till back to orienteering is in the danish team maya alm as we talked about uh, last week um, she is uh, the only one in the world class group as they call it in denmark in the national team mm. so denmark they have they have a really, really big team. Uh, if you, especially if you compare it with the number of orienteers in Denmark compared to orienteers in Finland or in Sweden, uh, so it feels a bit like everyone that wants to be in the national team are in the national team. Uh, but they have, of course, these different groups. So you have the world class group where my alm is the only one, and then you have an elite group, and then you have an under twenty three group, and then there is also an under twenty group. I'm not quite sure if that under 20 group is runners that are still juniors, but this is their connection with the elite team, or if this is the junior national team. Uh, about uh, the big national team, I, I think uh, you could uh, compare uh, the, the national team in Denmark as uh, they have a club, uh, the bigger clubs in Sweden and Finland and Norway. So they're doing the, the national the Swiss team. style. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Swiss style. So, yeah. To have Indeed. a good, uh, good uh, training environment uh, for them. Everyone is living in Aarhus and uh, yeah, they're training really well there. Um, they were really uh, strict on that Aarhus-based uh, training a couple of years ago. I don't know if they still is uh, so tough on that uh, that you definitely no. have to live there. Now, now it's allowed to live different places and uh, quite a lot of these runners, they live in Gothenburg, for example. Um, so yeah, that's not a, it's not a strictly uh, all board based anymore. But yeah, we were talking about the big team. They have 34 guys in the team, and and in addition to those 34, they have five runners that has been given wild card, so they can participate on the training camps with the national team. Uh, so it's going to be really big when they have 40 runners almost on the on the national team camps. 
Yeah, but uh, should we go through? Uh, I I mean, Søren Trane Ødemins in the under-23 group and not in the elite group. Uh, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a question mark uh, for me. Yeah, I, but this is, again, it's it's a bit hard to uh, have a too strong opinion on this because I don't know the differences between the groups. But, I mean, he is clearly the best Danish orienteer on the men's side. Uh, so if there is a difference between the group, like if you would get more support if you were elite group, then it would be really, really strange to have him in the under-23 group. But if it's just like yeah, it's the same for everyone, but all the runners that are under-23, they are placed in the under-23 group, then it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, I think he is the... Yeah, I mean, both him and his sister Miri Tanodum are probably the ones that are closest to getting in the world-class group. Um, so maybe after next season, if they can step up and become more regular in the top 10 of the World Cup races and the World Championship, then maybe they will be in the world-class group the coming year. When we are talking about uh, maybe, uh, baby, uh, how, uh, how, what do you think about uh, Mayal? Uh, will she be a contender also in the forest uh, next season? We're talking Switzerland, Czech Republic and uh, Norway for... Uh, for the World Cup races uh, and Italy in the sprint, I uh, definitely know that she will be uh, up there. Yeah, I think uh, I think the European champs in Italy will be what suits her the best. Um, yeah, Switzerland, it's quite tough with the with the uphill and the downhill running. It's not that simple to train for that in Denmark. And I suppose that with she, she has a job, she's working. She has a kid, so I assume that she will not travel that much. Uh, and I think that can be a potential hinder for her to perform at the absolute top level in Switzerland. But yeah, she is so good uh, uh, that she can she can still be a contender for, for a top six, maybe a medal. But it would surprise me if she can, she can take the fight to, to Uwe and Simona and actually fight for the win. That would be a surprise. You're talking about uh, she will maybe not uh, travel so much. Uh, should we take the radio bridge over to the silly season and see who will uh, travel there to a new club? Yeah. So, yeah, the way we will do this is that we will start talking about some Swedish clubs and transfers. Some of the transfers have been announced on the club's website. Some of the transfers have been announced on Instagram. Uh, and some of the transfers are not uh, official yet, but uh, we have quite good sources on it. Uh, so I was thinking that we should start with the with the winners of the men's Yumila relay last year or this season, uh, 2022. So Uko uh, So from here we we have we know that there will be four new Norwegian runners in Uko next year. Uh, so we can start with the with the women. Uh, you have Uda Schele, the newly bronze medalist from J-Walk Long Distance. Uh, you have Pia Young Week, that was also in the Norwegian J-Walk team. And you have Kristin Melby Jakobsen, which was supposed to be in the Norwegian J-Walk team, but she got sick uh, before the championship and missed, uh, missed those races. Uh, and I think Uko has been really, really good on the men's side, uh, while on the women's side, it's been quite thin lately. Uh, you had some good results there when Annika Bilstam was still competing at really high level. 
but in the last few years it's been Johanna Öberg and not so much more. Uh, but I think with these three and Johanna Öberg and there are still more good runners, female runners in that club. So I think this is a really, really big step for uh, Ukoline to be competitive also on the women's side of the relays. Uh, two of them uh, is actually leaving the Tiumila winner for um, uh, yeah, and one of them uh, was in the winning team at uh, Nidals last year. Oh, yeah, so both, year. Uda, yeah. both Uda and Pia Youngvik are leaving the team. Uh, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it was, it was Pia who was in the team. She was yeah. running, uh, while, while Uda special, should have been in the team. It was a special situation because. Um, Pia Youngvik, uh, she had uh, COVID uh, just before the selection, so she was not selected to the team. But uh, then Uda was selected, and she got sick just a um, couple of days before the relay. And then Pia took the place in the team and ran uh, really good, uh, mm. leading to a victory for uh, Netherlands at uh, this year's Tiumila. Yeah, yeah, of course, both of them have been. Already been running uh, Norwegian champs, uh, Jukola, Tiumila in for Nidal in a really like hot position. So I mean, those will bring a lot of experience. Even if they are really young, they have a lot of experience already. Um, so that will be, I think, it will be one of the big game changers on the women's side that Ukolene uh, will actually be very competitive. And uh, on the men's side, uh, they are also ge- getting a Norwegian uh, guy. Yeah, so Cornelius Christas Löfall, uh, the silver medalist from Jevok Long a few weeks ago. Uh, he has also moved to Uppsala and he will be running for Ukoliné next year. Uh, and I was thinking that before I say more about him, uh, we should listen to the interview you did with him. Yeah, we can hear what he has to say about the coming season. In uh, when we are approaching silly season, it's good to have uh, some um, runners that have moved to a new place and maybe are supposed to change club uh, for the coming season. Uh, sitting here with uh, Cornelius Chrisad Löfall, uh, you moved to Uppsala this autumn. Uh, how will look, does it look for you next season? Is it natural to change to Ukolene? Uh, yes, I will uh, change club to Ukolene after this season. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. Uh, did you move to Uppsala because of uh, studies or because of orienteering? Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because of uh, orienteering. I think it's a really good place um, to yeah take further steps in my career. And um, yeah, really excited about the place. And um, but also of course a good university there. And um, uh, when you can uh, combine both. Uh, orienteering and studies I think it's a, a, a good choice uh, where is your main focus then is it uh, in the lectures in the, at school or in the, the lecture with Albin Riedefeldt in the forest I have to be honest um, of course it's going to be lectures with um, Albin and uh, all the other strong runners in Uppsala um, I think I can learn a lot from from uh, many there and um, yeah that's uh, where my main focus and I pay most attention to those people yeah. Uh, we know that you got the medal in uh, Jaywalk a couple of weeks ago um, and then performing uh, good results all three days there. Uh, 
What uh, what's your goal when you're uh, now uh, taking a step to senior age? Yeah, I think it's um hard to like set a specific uh, result goal when you're becoming first year as a senior. Um I'm quite unsure where I stand um comparing to already established seniors. Um so yeah, my main focus will be just to uh, develop myself, take further steps, but of course when you are going to change club to Linné, um Tio Mila and Yukula are going to be uh, big goals. Um yeah, I'm really excited by the idea to be a part of uh, that team and um I'm going to put a lot of energy in those competitions. Yeah. Uh, are you seeing yourself uh, running uh, 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 the of leg in uh, Tiumila and Yukla uh, for Ukulene already next season? Uh, I'm not sure about a uh, decisive leg, but um, and of course uh, it's going to be hard to just qualify for the first team. Um, so, you know, just have to be, be humble, work hard, and um, I think... Um, uh, place in the first team for Tio Mila is uh, quite realistic, and um, hopefully can get um, get um, a, a, yeah. I'm not sure which leg suits me. I think many legs can suit me quite well there. Um, but um, at Yukula, it will definitely be really hard to take a place in the first team. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think there's a chance. So just have to work hard for it. You have uh, trained with the guys, you have talked with the club. Uh, have you also set some goals or is it only about uh, the money in the contract you have talked with the club? <laughs> no, not at all about the money. Um, yeah, I've already been introduced to to the club, uh, met a lot of people there and um, yeah, I really like the atmosphere there. Um, I Yeah, they really really focused on developing themselves uh not focusing much so much on the past but yeah they're looking forward um and also i feel that um yeah i feel welcome there um and i got the feeling that they wanted me to come to the club and of course that is a really nice feeling to have uh next spring uh, will it uh will we see you in the norwegian world cup team in uh Östfold and then uh, winning to Umila with Ukulene in a couple of weeks there. Oh, the, that sounds like a dream. Um, yeah, it would definitely be really cool to take part in the uh, World Cup on home soil. Um, yeah, as always, really hard to take a place in the Norwegian team. <coughs> but um, yeah, I think the terrain suits me quite well since, um, yeah, quite near where. I have grown up and uh, the terrain type is uh, really familiar to me, uh, so uh, with a good uh, training winter um, in Uppsala, I think uh, I think the chances are there, but uh, yeah, have to avoid uh, injuries, sickness and um, yeah, do, do the work. Yeah, we wish you good luck in the winter training, thank you. Thank you very much. We heard uh, there uh, Cornelius talking about uh, his um, coming season when uh, he will get the first year in the senior class. Uh, it's not so easy to predict uh, his uh, performances against uh, best seniors, but he at least had a really good uh, autumn and uh, jaywalk uh, this uh, autumn.
Yeah, I mean, he's really, really good. Uh, even if he's still a junior this year, uh, he has already some experience from running really, really good relay legs for Nidalen. Um, and he's one of those guys you can use for everything. Uh, he can run long legs, he can run short legs, he can run in the day, he can run in the night, he can run first leg. Uh, so I think that's one of the absolute biggest signings of the year. Uh, even if it's still early in the season, silly season, uh, it will be, yeah, it will be not be a lot of transfers that are more interesting when you look about the relays. Uh, I think he can make uh, a really, really big difference. Uh, it's, it might sound a bit strange that the Ukolene that is winning Kiumila still has room for really, really big improvements. Um, but yeah, even if Linne won Kiumila, they were bit thin. Uh, some of the last runners into that team, they are not that stable at a high level. Uh, so to get in Cornelius uh, instead of one of the presumably weaker runners, uh, that will make uh, the Linné team much, much more solid. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, anecdote on that. Uh, Janne Troeng, he had uh, 20 years in the first team for Uka Linné. And then this year he was uh, ditched and uh, placed in the second team. And then they won Tio Mila. That was uh, quite uh, tough for him. But uh, yeah, there is coming... Uh, maybe he has run his uh, last time in the first team. When also Cornelius is coming to town. Uh, it's easy to compare uh, Cornelius with another uh, guy coming from Nidal a couple of years ago. Lucas Lilan. Uh, uh, do you think um, Cornelius can develop... Uh, such uh, strong as Lucas has done uh, the last years? I mean, yes. Uh, I mean, of course, Lucas has had a really, really good development. And you can't always expect the junior stars to, uh, to keep growing at a really, really high speed. Uh, some runners, they need a few more years. Uh, but yeah, everything is uh, in place for him to 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 do these steps already next year. I mean, it will be, I would not be surprised at all if he's qualifying for the Norwegian World Cup team in the first World Cup round in Østfold. Uh, I, it will be a surprise if he can qualify for the World Champs uh, because that's quite narrow to get into that team. Uh, but for the World Cup, he should have good chances already next year. And I think he was a bit passive when he was hoping for a spot in the first team at Tiumila. Uh, in my book, if he is uh, at the same level as he is now, or if he gets better, there is no doubt that he would be in the Tumula team, and he should also be among the top seven Linnea guys for Jukola, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and after talking about Jukola Linnea, we can travel to the West Coast, or the best coast, as they say there. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, so if we jump to the IFK Göteborg, uh, they've also had a very strong contingent of Norwegian runners and uh, that continent is still growing next year. Um, so if we start uh, on the men's side there, uh, Vega Kittilsen, he will come from Freidi. He is uh, sec first year senior this year, uh, yes. had a really good season, had some really impressive middle distances. He was close to a medal in the Norwegian middle champs. Um, he's also done some good relays, especially in Norwegian champs before. Um, so I think he will also be a very 
very interesting new addition to the IFK Göteborg team. Uh, he is also a good night runner. Uh, even if he's probably better in the day, uh, he's still a good night runner. Um, he's also quite versatile, so he can run. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a really good long distance runner yet, but I mean a, a relay leg of ten to twelve kilometers that should be no problem. And he will definitely at the training camps uh, uh, be one of the best guys in at Fortnite. He has a really good experience there, playing quite a lot. Yeah, I think he's better. Even if he's really good at orienteering, I think he's still better at playing video games. Yeah, I think so, actually. But uh, <laughs> but uh, that uh, we uh, that's not the podcast for uh, that. We are now talking orienteering, and we can continue. They get some more uh, on the men's side too. Yeah, this one is. Uh, I haven't quite got it confirmed uh, that it will happen, uh, but the Swiss. Junior Pascal Schäre, he was in Gothenburg for a training camp with EFK in the autumn. And I suspect him to be an EFK runner next year. Uh, but that's still in the rumor phase. But uh, yeah, it will surprise me if he shows up in another club. Yeah, but uh, we have two, two names here. Uh, do you think, uh, uh, are they uh, uh, first team material, to use that word? I think uh, Vega Kittelsen for sure. Uh, he would be first team ready next year. Uh, Pascal Scheyer, he's still junior next year. And I mean, he's living in Switzerland, studying in Switzerland. I don't think he can travel that much to Scandinavia. Uh, and also Switzerland has uh, Jaywalk selection races at the same weekend as Team Milan next year. And Jukola will be quite hard to get into the Euphoria team. So. Even if he changed now or if he changed next year, uh, I don't think it will make a difference for the relays because I don't think he will get a spot already next year. Uh, we can then move to the women's side. And there we have an interesting Norwegian name too. Uh, it's a familiar last name there. Yeah, so uh, Ingrid Lundanes um, is moving from Antony uh, from Trondheim. Um, she has moved to Gothenburg, uh, so she would be a good addition to the women's team. Uh, and I think we have also interviewed her. Yeah, I have uh, had a talk with her, so I think we should listen to her. And then we can continue with uh, talking about uh, uh, the team in EFK. It is very interesting that we have Inge Lundanes with us here today. And we know that you have moved to... Göteborg to uh, yeah uh, study and uh, uh, primarily maybe do orienteering and um, how is it looking for you next season is it IFK Göteborg for you or what do you think yes it will be IFK Göteborg uh, I've been there now for some months and it seems like a great club and, and, uh, and I think it will be good for me with some new environment and uh, new terrain and I think there's good uh, opportunities in uh, Gothenburg. Are you moving uh, primarily because of orienteering or uh, for, to change club or what's your goal about the move from uh, Trondheim to Göteborg? Uh, the main thing is uh, that it's a uh, different terrain than I'm used to and uh, it's also seemed like a good training environment and that's why I d- decided on Gothenburg. So now you have uh, five or six years uh, in uh, Trondheim. 
and you're finally starting to getting international results and then you're going to Göteborg to yeah to perform in top level internationally or is it a big club relay so what's the goal for you First, I have to say that I had a really good time in uh, Trondheim, in Anthony. It is a very great club with uh, amazing people. Uh, but for me, uh, um, I also grew up in quite a similar terrain type to Trondheim. So I needed some new challenges and to take the next step. Yeah, I needed some change. Um, and then we'll, you will also get into a really good relay team, uh, both on Team Mila and Jukla, maybe SM relay. Um, how will that be for you? Uh, uh, the pressure, uh, what what do you think about that? Yeah, of course, it's a really strong team and it's uh, in EFCO it will be a, a challenge only to qualify for the <laughs> first team. But uh, I think it's good to um, uh, get that pressure sometimes. Because I will meet that in world champs and everything going forward. And I think it's good to uh, train for that. And I also find the relays really fun, especially when you run on a good team. And what will be your main goal uh, the coming season? Uh, uh, world champs in Switzerland, uh, World Cup in Norway, big relays with the IFK Göteborg. There are many highlights uh, overall. Yeah, of course, everything you mentioned there is uh, on my <laughs> goal <laughs> goals. Um, yeah, and also like the rest of the World Cup, uh, the European champs in Italy. And um, yeah, I think the Czech uh, World Cup will also be cool. Uh, of course, it's quite difficult to um, qualify for the World Champs team in Norway, but um, I will uh, give it my best. <laughs> Yeah, you made your debut in uh, World Champs, uh, and uh, and uh, maybe next year you can also go up to the podium. Or uh, do you have such goals? Mm, not uh, maybe not the podium yet, but uh, of course, if I manage to qualify for the Norwegian team, I think uh, um, I think I also will be good enough to fight for a good um, um, place. <laughs> Good position, but uh, have, uh, have you also talked about the positions or goals with IFK uh, Göteborg? Or uh, have you only thought, uh, talked with them about your big money in the contract? <laughs> I haven't really talked <laughs> about that with them. It's uh, oh, oh, we haven't really talked about that. But uh, it's definitely, we know that uh, this year you were first to the first changeover in Jukola, but the next year you will... Uh, yeah, uh, go for uh, maybe the first position at the end of the relay. Yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear, uh, Inge. Thank you a lot. Thanks. Inge, she is uh, telling that uh, you are the big uh, talker in the family, and uh, she's uh, she's not using big words there, but uh, it's definitely tough to get into the Yifko first team in the women's side. Uh, we know that Sanna Fast uh, was uh, not selected uh, one of the big relays uh, this year. Yeah, I mean, the IFK Göteborg women, they won Jukola last year, uh, and that was without Simone Ebersold. And now also Ingrid wants to get into the mix for a spot uh, in the relay team, so it's going to be, uh, be a really hard battle uh, 
between a lot of girls to get in to those five spots for Tiomila and the four spots for Jokula. Um, but also if we had Boya proven before that the second team has been very competitive, but even if the second team can compete for a top 10, that's a huge, huge difference from being in the first team and competing for a victory. Yeah, the, of course, uh, everyone wants to be in the first team, but uh, uh, it's good that, that you can um, have some injuries, um, illness and some coming up uh, late, as we talked about Nidal. <coughs> and, uh, and even yeah. though uh, be up there and fight. So you so, have a stronger squad. I think uh, for IFK Göteborg, the, the depth and the quality of the reserves are, are, the, are the least problem they have for the coming year. Uh, should we continue uh, on the west or best coast uh, with the, the neighbor for IFK? Yeah, so if we jump from IFK Göteborg to Göteborg Majorna, uh, they have already presented a few interesting runners. Uh, and from what my sources are telling me, there will be quite a few more uh, in the coming weeks or months before next season. Uh, so Göteborg Majorna, they haven't quite been competitive in the men's side for quite a long time uh, and women's team it's been a little bit better but also they have dropped down yeah the last few years uh, so really need they have been needing some new talented runners and I think the two runners they've got already is very very interesting uh, so if you start with the less familiar one uh, the men to the men's team there's been addition from William Stureson uh, he, is, he is still one year left as a junior, uh, but he was quite good at the Swedish long-distance champion Man 20. And I think he will be in contention for a spot at the Swedish team for Jaywalk next year. And we know that if you are in contention or if you're good enough for the Swedish Jaywalk team, then you are also good enough to perform really, really, really well at the relays. Of course, of course. And uh, then on the women's side, we have... Um... A runner who uh, was in the J-Walk team for uh, Finland this year. Yeah, so Sabina Aumo. Uh, she's Finnish, but she has been living in Sweden for the last seven or eight years or something like that with her family. Uh, so as William, he's coming from a, a small club in Gothenburg. Sabina Aumo is coming from a small club outside of Gothenburg. Um, so now they're stepping up to a bigger club. Uh, and I'm quite uh, pleased to see that uh, there is good young runners that is also choosing other Göteborg clubs than IFK Göteborg. Uh, we've seen this year that the Sevedal men team was really, really competitive at the Tiumila and also at Jukola they did quite well. And Göteborg Majorna is also a good enough team to be competing for maybe in the men's class, maybe a spot around top 15. And in the women's class, they should be able to fight for a top, top five, top 10 maybe next year. And uh, Göteborg is such a big orienteering city, so there's plenty of space for more than one top club there. Yeah, it's always good to have these uh, neighbor fights between the clubs when you're uh, yeah, aiming to get better than your neighbor club. And uh, yeah, that's good. And uh, everyone uh, gets on a higher level when you have like those, uh, call it friendly fights against the neighbor. Mm. Um, and then uh, we can move to Finland. Isn't it... Uh, yeah, so in Finland, it's been now in, we have talked about some transfers to Sweden, which has been quite high level. Uh, but I think it might be even a step up when we move over to Finland. So if we start with uh, 
Calvan Rasti uh, and women's side there. They've had a massive, massive uh, signing there uh, with Ida Hapala from Espoon Sunta. Uh, she's already a regular in the Finnish team. Uh, I think she's the Jaywalk champion from 2019. Can that be right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, she's a re- it was a really good skier also as a junior. So the physical capacity was really high. And she won the long distance when she was... Uh, she had uh, two years left as a junior in uh, Denmark mm-hmm. back in uh, 2019. It was a shared victory. Um, yeah. yeah, there. Yeah, so she is uh, very young. Uh, first or second year as a senior now. Uh, she's already a regular in the Finnish national team. Uh, and I think she can add some uh, add some quality for the Calvin Rusty women team. They've already been really, really good this year. They were in top five at the uh, Jukola, for example. And with Ida Hapala, they should be able to fight for spots even higher up. And then uh, we, if we're going to the to the main city in Finland or the uh, Helsinki Sunnestad team, to speak in clear words, um, we also yeah. have some interesting names. Uh, some uh, yeah, foreign uh, runner and also uh, Finnish. Yeah, so we can start with with the big one, and I think it's going to be really, really hard to to get a bigger, more important signing this year, uh, because Matteo Perin is leaving Denzel and is going to run for Helsingin Sunnestad next year, and yeah, that's a really, really, really good signing for them. Uh, he this year he put top five times at both Team Milan Jukola. He was in the top 10 at European Champs. Uh, he's a very strong candidate for a podium position at the World Championship next year. And he will bring a lot into this Helsinki Sunnisa team, um, where the problem has been the, the depth. And they will be really, really strong next year. The runners, they have is still quite young, so you can assume that many of them will improve a little bit for every year. And we have seen this autumn that uh, Ole Oyanahu is really, really, really close to the best in the world. Uh, and with him on the last leg, Helsinki Sunnestad can, they can win Timila Jukola if, if Ole starts in position for the last leg. Yeah, I think uh, maybe uh, the, the one you mentioned, no, and, uh, and also Samuel Heinonen, who uh, you all, uh, we also know will uh, come to the club. They will be. Uh, they will add uh, to the squad that they can be capable. Capable to, yeah, to be up there in Tiumela also. We saw in Jukola last year in uh, Rovaniemi that they were uh, strong enough to be at the podium. So, yeah, and I mean, uh, normally you need some really strong runners in the night. Uh, Matteo Perin, he can be useful there, but he can also be useful in one of the last legs as well uh, to really put uh, Oli in a good position for the last leg. Um, I think the yeah the the trio with uh, Matteo Perin and Topi Sirjalainen and, and Ole Oyanau, they will be among the best trios of any club actually. Um, so that's a really really interesting transfer. Yeah, and then you mentioned Samuel Heinonen. He's coming from Paimen Rusty. Before that, he was uh, in Vaya Koskentera, I think. Uh, so he's also experienced. Uh, he's a bit older, I think, um, and he is. Uh, I'm not sure if he will be a certain runner in the first team, maybe a Tiumila, but 
probably not at Jupola, but still he will add valuable depth. Um, I think that's been one of the problems for Helsingin Sunista at, at Humila, for example, where they have been yeah, they have been really good over seven legs and therefore been able to compete really well at Jukola. But over 10 runners, it's been a bit too many runners that are maybe not so safe. Uh, so to have more depth is always really good. Uh, but uh, what do you think about uh, the women's side there? They're also getting an um, interesting name. Yeah, so Emily Kemp is moving from Angelium and Ankuri. Uh, it's been a few years now since she was at her absolute best. Uh, if we jump back to 2016, where she was at the podium at the World Championship uh, in middle distance. Uh, so she is not at that level anymore, but she is still uh, a solid runner. She had a good relay at the uh, Jukola this year. Uh, so I think she can be a useful depth runner for Helsingin Sundstads, the women team. Uh, and also very important for Helsingin at Shifemana, uh, for example. Um, and we saw this year that Helsingin Sundstad on the women's side is also able to do top 10, maybe top 15. Uh, and with Emily Kemp, they should increase the chances for at least similar positions next year. And uh, if we, um, yeah, it's been a while since we saw Emily uh, performing in the international level, but it's, uh, it can be interesting. Um, if we're moving uh, to Navi, there you uh, we have also seen that they are uh, stepping up, maybe. Yeah, so Navi is, uh, I think they only have a men team on the elite level, uh, and but they have a good team. Uh, they were just outside top 10 at Jukola this year, uh, and they have strengthened with uh, the Latvian runner Andris Jubilis uh, from. Velkaladen Weikot, I think he was running for. Uh, I think he is most known for winning the first leg at the World Championship Relay uh, in Latvia back in 2018. So, uh, so they will also get a better, uh, better squad there. Uh, they're missing, yeah, maybe also the best lo- uh, in the last leg, but they have a quite good team. And uh, in Jukla, we saw last year that Ante Anui uh, not only got the potential, but they also can perform in the bigger relays. No, they're also having some uh, new runners, interesting names there. Yeah, I mean, Ante Anui, they get uh, a bunch of young runners every year. Um, after it's always new students moving to Trondheim. Uh, and if you look back two, three, four years ago, five years ago, they had really, really, really good uh, groups of young runners, a lot of runners with JWOC um, experience, for example. And this year, from what I heard so far, the generation is not that strong, uh, but there are some interesting names. Uh, so if you start with the men's, they have a new British runner, Alistair Thomas. Uh, I think he's been running in the British national team this year. Uh, it will surprise me if he can fight for a spot in the first team, but I mean, you should never say never. Uh, a year in Trondheim can do, a year in Norway and Scandinavia can do a lot of uh, good for the orienteering technique uh, of foreign runners. So, yeah, he's an interesting addition. And the same go for the Swede Oscar Edvarsson uh, from Jäfella. Uh, I think he is probably closer to the first team, uh, but we will see what the winter will do for these runners. 
Uh, and then, of course, there's a lot of other runners, uh, but I don't think any of them would be fighting for for the top spots. Um, and I know that they are trying to get a few of the Norwegian J-Walk runners that are living in Trondheim and studying there, but uh, I think that will not materialize this season. Uh, so Brage Takler, for example, uh, is a very attractive runner for them. Yeah, uh, but he has, he has he has one year left as a junior, and I think he will stay in Kristiansand also for his last season as a junior, and then perhaps change after next season. Uh, and then they also w- w- really want uh, Tobias Alsta, the silver medalist from J-Work Sprint. And that's very sensitive, you know, because he's running for Fjol, um, a bit north of Trondheim, and the, you know the rivalry there is uh, is not easy. So I I expect him to stay in Fjol. Uh, at least one more year. Yeah, how is it that uh, you have changed from uh, Fool? Is that allowed or uh, are you banned uh, in Levanger uh, still? Yeah, so I was. The, I think I was the first one that changed from Fool. And uh, yeah, there were some rumors in Norway back in yeah, 10, 15 years ago that uh, it was not allowed to change. But yeah, I think the, since, since I did it, uh, it's been several others have done the same. So it shouldn't be a problem. But maybe, of course, it's more sensitive if it goes to to Antenui, which is like the big rival of the mid-Norway uh, region. So, yeah, I think I think he will stay. And I hope he will stay because uh, it's good for competition in Norway to have several clubs that are able to field good relay teams. And Frul has uh, yeah, two runners from JWO this year, Norwegian JWO team, and they have some really good older guys that can perform well. So I think for Jukola, for example, if they get every every of their runners able to run uh, Jukola, I think they can be a contender for top 15 maybe. Uh, so I hope I hope he stays. Uh, yeah, they uh, have uh, performed really good in Jukola earlier on uh, uh, when they had uh, those we are talking about now as uh, really good, in good shape and uh, we also saw this autumn that uh, Paul Sirum, uh, who uh, was in the national team in Norway a couple of years ago, he has uh, had an operation. So maybe he can uh, run relays for uh, Fool next year. Hopefully. Yeah, that would be fun. I mean, uh, I think the Norwegian... Uh, in Norway, we have not many clubs that are able to compete at high level. And it's been... Yeah, a lot of runners have been going to Entenui. Uh, the last 10 especially the last five years maybe the law since yeah since Odin Heimdall went to Tornheim and changed to Antony after him it's been a lot of really really good runners from J-Walk team Norwegian J-Walk team that has been going to uh, to Antony and of course that's really really good for them uh, but it's also draining all the other clubs a little bit and you have seen in Norwegian champs for example the last few years that the, the domination from Antony is really really big uh, so I think it's in the interest for everyone, actually, in the long run, that uh, we have more clubs that have active elite teams uh, on senior level, too. Uh, and uh, how is it in the women's side for Antanui? They have also had uh, yeah, good teams uh, lately, uh, losing Inge Lundanes now. Uh, yeah, so I think that's... a. That's a quite big loss for the women's team. Uh, they have, uh, of course, also a bunch of new runners this year, uh, but none of them really uh, with a good CV. Uh, there are a few interesting runners. You have Wilde 
Marie Sebe that has been in the Norwegian junior national team. Uh, I don't think he has been running Jaywalk, but he's been in the national team group. Uh, and you have Mina Jørgensen that won uh, the Norwegian champs in Women 20 last year. Um, so some interesting runners, but I, it will surprise me if they are able to go into the first team already next year. Uh, Vilde Sabbe, she was actually running uh, in the sprint uh, version of the Jaywalk this season in uh, the summer. Uh, she she was first reserve and uh, when there was uh, one an injury there she was in the team, um, but uh, yeah uh, they will uh, get a yeah bigger depth in the squad. Uh, and how is it with you or uh, former team? Is it former or, or no no no? You are still running it's for the... Tuving. Yes, so uh, I'm still hoping to get a spot in the Tumila team next year, uh, but it might be tougher because we have some. Some new runners uh, in Tyrving. Uh, the most, uh, yeah, uh, the most uh, known name is probably Emil Albeck uh, from the neighbor club Fossum. Talking about rivalries and a bit uh, controversial. Uh, I think that's uh, for some people that might be a, a sensitive transfer, uh, but I think it's a really good for for him uh, because he is now pushing thirty, and his uh, individual career is maybe not going anywhere as the national team it's really hard to get into the Norwegian national team uh, so to him for him to focus a bit more on the relays I think it's really good and it's really good for us as a club uh, because we have been a bit thin uh, the last few years uh, after Covid break uh, so it's been quite easy to get one of the last spots in the in the relay team uh, so I hope that when Emil Albeck is changing that will be harder to get into the team and therefore the team will be stronger uh, and then we also have some new uh, new runners that is more in a long-term perspective. Uh, Benjamin Wey and Dominic Müller, both from the Swiss Jaywalk team this year. Uh, both of them have one year left as a junior next year. And of course, the Jaywalk in Romania is the big target for them in 2023. But then I think after that, uh, the relays will be important for them. And in the long term, they will be really, really good signings for Tiering, I think. Uh, about Albeck, he has uh, the last seasons uh, uh, only performed uh, or uh, prioritized sprint. Uh, so she, he has to go to the forest and do some night orienteering now. Or uh, yeah, the... yeah. So uh, from what he's been saying, I think that he will have a more forest focus next year. Interesting, and it's also happening interesting uh, things uh, on the east side of Oslo. Uh, but uh, we have also yeah, mentioned that earlier on. Yeah, but I mean, it's always good to refresh it uh, because we talked about the Anthony just uh, and we talked about how the women team have lost Ingrid Lundanes. Uh, they also lost some of their first team runners on the men's side. Vegard Jarvis Vestergaard and Ulai Stjenslan Lillevold. I think Ulai ran in the team at Jukla and both of them ran in the first team at Umila. Uh, so, of course, this is really good runners that they have lost uh, to Uppsal. Uh, and for runners or listeners that are not from Norway, you probably not heard about Uppsal because uh, they have not been competitive uh, in the big relays uh, in a long, long time if they ever been. Uh, I know they had some good runners back in the 80s, but I'm not sure if they had a really good team for the relays back then. Uh, Tore I think he was running for Uppsala, mid-80s. But uh, I don't mm. think the relay team was uh, so good. 
but they have a really good uh, youth uh, environment in Uppsala. And now they're uh, yeah, using some money. They have got an investor. They're using some money to get uh, a senior squad uh, that uh, the youth can uh, look up to and uh, train with in the winter. And yeah, have a have a actually have a team that they can. Uh, uh, do a quite good performance with that uh, the big relays. Yeah, I think they will. Uppsala will not be a main player in the big relays next year. I mean, maybe they will do well in the beginning of the Tumula or Yukula relay if they put out their best runners early on. Uh, but it will take some time to build the team. Uh, so this year they've got three really good relay runners in Vegar Vestergaard, Ulai Lillevold, and Håkon Björlof van Halden. Uh, but it will take some more than the three of them and some promising juniors. Uh, but with the financial backing from their new sponsor, they have a really, really, really good uh, possibility of a really good platform to build on the coming years. And I expect that, uh, yeah, so all these three runners that I mentioned, they have a history in Trondheim. They've been studying and running for NTNV and it will not be a surprise if there are more guys coming from Antony to Uppsala in the coming years. So when people that are now living in Trondheim studying there, when they finish their studies and they move to Oslo, uh, I think Uppsala will now be the be the first choice uh, instead of Nidal as it has been in the last 10-15 years. And uh, in such a big city as Oslo, there will be space for another club uh... Uh, having uh, some of the runners, uh, yeah, yeah, big, mean, big enough uh, training environment for that. Yeah, 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 and it's in general it's quite good cooperation between the clubs also. Uh, so it's not, uh, yeah, it's it should be it should be possible for Uppsala as well to aim for um, aim to have a really really good elite team both on the women's side and the men's side in the coming years. Uh, so that will take a number of. I think it will be. Fair to say that there will now be four clubs in Oslo region that are having ambitions with the relay teams uh, on the elite level. You have uh, Uppsal, Nidal, Bekkelage and Tyrving. And I think it should be enough runners for all of them. Uh, should we look at uh, runners running for teams that uh, don't have any ambitious uh, or maybe not so good ambitious uh, potential runners who can uh, change club? It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, there is uh, always a lot of good runners that are running for small clubs. They are running for clubs where they don't live, uh, where there are maybe clubs closer to where they live. That could be good options. And uh, Both on the women's side and the men's side, there is a bunch of very, very interesting runners that uh, if I was the man in charge of an elite club, I would love to have these runners in my club. Uh, so if we start with the two biggest names on the women's side, uh, I think the big one is Hanna Lundberg uh, because she is running for her small hometown club, Uko Renen. Uh, she has now moved to Falun, where she will be studying. And we know that in the Falun region, there is a lot of really, really good clubs. Uh, and I think all of them would be more than happy to have Hanna Lundberg represent them uh and uh, yeah but uh it's uh it could be uh yeah it uh for her it could be also good to only focus individually that's uh 
discussion she will have to take with her coach and uh, yeah mentors maybe yeah and then there's there's a lot of factors for a runner to to change club uh, one thing is like do you want to have a better training environment around you uh, but in in Fallen, there is this Dala Sports Academy that uh, so I think even it doesn't matter you you are not uh, you don't need to run for a club in Fallen region to have a good training environment uh, so that's uh, uh, a factor that could lead to her staying uh, and then it's also like if you move to a new city maybe you don't want to change club the first year because you want to test and see uh, what the options are really like uh, so. I think there is a really, really high chance that she will be running for Uko Renan also next year. Uh, but yeah, she's uh, definitely one very interesting name. And both Uko Kore, Sturatuna, Malungs, Uko Skogsmorana and IFK Mura, they will, yeah, I mean, they should all be trying to talk with her at least to see uh, what she's thinking and what options they have. And uh, then we also have note uh, that uh, Megan Carter Davis, interesting name. But when you're running for a club with a really cool name, Ryan and Rickmanty, will you then change? Yeah, I mean, Ryan and Rickmanty, they have a really cool name. And in my opinion, they also have a really cool uh, running suit. So, yeah, there's plenty of reasons to stay there. Um, I, was, I was talking with uh, her last think... year. I think the, the club the... name is meaning uh, uh, and uh, Military or something. Mm, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm not so strong in Finnish translations, uh, but yeah, that could be possible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I love it when on the big relays, when the speakers are saying the na- that, that name, it's uh, always a good feeling. But yeah, I was yeah. talking with her last year, trying to get her to tutoring when I was still uh, a coach there, uh, but she said uh, she said no, and she was not interested in changing back then. Uh, so maybe I think with the the world championship in Finland in 2025, it makes sense to run for a Finnish club, and she has been running for them for a long time. Uh, so there is clearly some good bonds there. So the same with uh, her. I mean, it, there will be plenty of clubs that would like to have her. But I still think she will will run for the same club next year. And uh, if we continue with uh, the women's, uh, we know that uh, Andrina Banyaminson will move back to Oslo uh, at Christmas. And maybe some of the four clubs we mentioned earlier will uh, get their money on table and they will uh, open their wallets to get her in the club. But when your name is... When your name is Benjaminson, it uh, would maybe be difficult to move from uh, Lillemarka. Yeah, I mean, uh, it feels like everything in Lillemarka is uh, orchestrated by either her father or her brother. So, yeah, that will be <laughs> not so easy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, she, it's the same with Andrina. I mean, every club would love to have a runner like that uh, in the relay team, but also to have a person like that... Uh, in the training group uh, would be massive for any club. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, to have a, such a runner in the training environment is the most important. And then uh, the cream on the cake is uh, that she's running last leg in the big relays. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one guy who has been running really fast uh, this uh, autumn and uh, the shape um, maybe never been better uh, and uh, 
could they run relays last leg? Max Peter Beimer, he is living in Falun. Maybe also he will uh, change club. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, always an option. Uh, he's been running for EFQ Gothenburg for many years. Uh, it was natural when he was living in Gothenburg. Now he is living in Falun and he trains a lot with Eskil Schinebeck, for example, uh, and Emil Svensk. So for him, I think both UKK and Stora Tuna could be really, really interesting options. And if he is to change to one of those clubs, that's a, a really, really big game changer. Uh, if you look at Sturatuna, for example, they have been dominating Jukola uh, with seven, with the same seven guys three years in a row. Uh, but then at Umila, they have not been able to be fighting for the victory yet. Uh, so they are a bit thin. And if they get Max Peter in and you can replace the 10th guy with Max Peter, that will make a huge difference uh, and make Sturatuna closer to a, a real super team. Uh, and I mean, he is in another totally other uh, spot in his career than Hanna Lundberg. Uh, uh, Max Peter Beimer has been in uh, EFK for, for quite a while, and it could maybe be good to change environment. But uh, uh, this is some aspects that he has to deal with before he fell, fell to sleep uh, each night now in the silly <laughs> season. Yeah, and then you know, with EFK Göteborg, it's it's like they have so many runners that are living and training together. So when you're moving from that city, uh, it's quite natural that you're losing a bit uh, that contact with the training group. And it's easy to be, you know, you're sliding a little bit further away every year. Uh, you're taking part in less and less of the club activities. And then at some point it will feel natural to change, whether that is now or whether it's uh, in two years' time, you never know. And it's also like, yeah, he is living in Falun now. Maybe next summer he's not living in Falun. Maybe he's moving back to Gothenburg. Maybe he's moving to, back home to Stockholm, where he's from. Uh, so it's always these factors that makes it uh, hard to predict. Uh, but I mean, I'm pretty sure that there is plenty of clubs uh, in Fallen region that really, really wants him uh, in their club if he's planning to stay in Fallen for a longer period in the future. And then we have uh, some uh, Simons in the Stockholm clubs. Yeah, so both Simon Imark and Simon Hector uh, is really interesting. Simon Imark is running for Tullinge, Simon Hector is running for Snettinge. Both of them are clubs that are, yeah between 40 or 50 at Umila, something like that. Uh, both of them are quite lonely in the club uh, as as the, one of the few runners that are really training much. Uh, Simon Hector is living in Stockholm, I think. Uh, Simon Imark is living in Gothenburg. Um, so yeah, I think both of them are very interesting for, for basically every Swedish club. Um, but yeah, both of them is still running for the boyhood club, so it's always it's always a bit hard to change. Uh, and I mean, financially, it's often good to be in your home club because it's easier to uh, yeah, often easier to get uh, financial support, local sponsors, at, and stuff like that. Um, so it, and it's the same with Jonathan Gustafsson, uh, the world. Champs medalist from the knockout sprint. He's running for KFM Örebro. Uh, he could also be a very interesting runner for a, a bigger and better club. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. He could uh, yeah easily change to uh, yeah 
Some uh, close clubs there are uh, running for the same club as uh, Regborn at least. So that would not be a big uh, uh, change uh, in uh, in the miles. And, uh, yeah. yeah, but then it's also like yeah, Hagaby is also a non-factor in the big relays. Uh, so I think if you if you want to change club, it's mostly because you want a better training environment and better better options for better opportunities for your individual career and the relays are but the relays are also a bit important like icing on the cake as you said earlier um, so i think moving from one small club to another small club that will surprise me a lot if these runners do and uh, then uh, we have uh, martin hobman who has been running for uh, fredrikstad in norway uh, a couple of last years uh, and he is uh, turning 35 uh, soon uh, but i think maybe he will have uh, squeeze out some something more but uh, we don't know where that will happen but uh, rumors telling that he has been in fallen lately yeah that's very interesting uh, i mean hubman he is the younger hubman he's uh, not that young anymore but i mean if he wants to continue a few more years he's still at a really really high level uh, internationally and he will definitely be a really really good addition for any team and wants him in the Team Ila team or the Upala team. And we have seen that Fredrikstad, they were quite good in both Team Ila and Upala before the COVID. Then they lost some runners and yeah, half of the team was old already before COVID. And now they are pushing 40 or already passing 40. So it's not much of, a, it doesn't look like a bright future for the Fredrikstad team uh, in the big relays. And I think maybe when you're pushing 35, um, it can be a good new fire uh, in your career to be able to come to a new group of training, a new group with uh, competing with in the relays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if he wants to change, he is very attractive. Um, as you see, if he's been in Poland, that can that can mean... Yeah, I mean, I would suppose that one of the four clubs I mentioned is either Kåre, uh, Storatuna, which is unlikely in my opinion. Uh, I think they would prefer runners that are living in the region and not uh, flying in for the relays, uh, but more like Malung, Sukoskogsmordana and IFK Mura that has quite a lot of money and they have a good uh, setup for runners that are not living in Sweden uh, with some extensive training camps programs and stuff like that so many options there yeah and uh, we can also take a quick look at the runners who is in the other side of the their senior career than martin hubman the juniors uh, who has been running jaywalk uh, this year on this autumn yeah there's always a lot of interesting names uh, from jaywalk um, some of them are running for scandinavian clubs already uh, but smaller clubs so they could be attractive for older other and bigger clubs and then you have some of the Swedish jaywalk runners that are running for small clubs uh, and a lot of them are changing to bigger clubs when they are moving from home uh, and start studying uh, so there are some interesting names here should we go uh, go through them or uh... yeah we can just go quickly through I mean I'm now the two French men ru male runner Nathan Marchant and Thomas Radoni. Uh, Thomas Radoni has been running for Uko Hell. 
the club of Peter Öberg, uh, but they are also they have always had a strong French connection there. Been plenty of French runners there over the years, um, but now it seems, uh, yeah, the elite team there seems quite dead. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if he is trying to find uh, another club where there is more younger runners that are actually training properly and not only veterans that are training a little bit to run Kiyomila for fun. And then we also have uh, two Czech uh, runners in the men's side. Yeah, so Daniel Bolohovsky and Jan Stricek. Both of them did really well at Jaywalk. Uh, but they are very young. I think both of them are first year junior this year. Uh, so it's maybe not that much of a point to go to a Scandinavian club already uh, because uh, normally when you're still in high school or gymnasium, it's you can't travel that much. Um, but I think these are names that are... Uh, I think plenty of clubs have noted these names and maybe been contacting them. Uh, there's been generally quite a lot of Czech runners in Finnish clubs. Uh, Kube, for example, has been... Uh, has some young Czech runners, um, so there are plenty of options. And also in Eastern Europe, we have Stanislav Kursup, there's a good J-Walk behind him, the Polish runner, and you have the Estonian runner, Jürgen Jonas. Yeah. Uh, and especially when you're looking at Estonian runners, they have traditionally a very, very strong connection to Finnish clubs. Yeah, and uh, as we mentioned uh, earlier, uh, some uh, yeah, Swedish runners, uh, juniors, they're... Uh... Uh, who will, uh, yeah, maybe change uh, Jasper Johansson and Felix Silva. Yeah, so Jasper Johansson is running for Uko Löftan. Uh, that's on the Swedish west coast. Uh, so I don't, I don't know actually where he is living now or if he's studying or anything. But I mean, if you are a Swedish J-Walk runner, uh, you are at a very high level, and the big clubs they always want runners uh, that are young and hopefully ambitious. Uh, so I think he will be attractive. And the same with Felix Silver from Gävle uh, on the East Coast. I've heard some, I, have, I think he's living in Uppsala and I think that he might go to Ukoline as well as Cornelius Löfald. Yeah, yeah. And then I will get a really uh, strong score there. And mm. in the women's side, uh, you have heard some rumors uh, down in Switzerland, maybe. Ah, I mean, uh, Switzerland had a lot of good junior women this year, and some of them should be really attractive for Scandinavian clubs. Uh, for example, Lily Graber, that won a medal in the sprint this summer, won the long distance at J-Walk last year. And Sanna Hotz, that was uh, two times in seventh place at this J-Walk. Uh, neither of them have Scandinavian clubs. Uh, but now next year they are turning into senior class uh, and i think they and that's for many swiss runners that's like a natural point that now i'm senior and now i have more time to go to uh, to to scandinavia for training and competing uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if any of those shows up in a uh, in a nordic club suit at the big relay next year uh, and then you have annik meister uh, also at the Swiss J-Walk team this year. She had a good long distance in the top 10, I think. Uh, she's running for the small club Uko Söldtern in Stockholm. And I mean, that's also an option where you go to a, a bigger club uh, where yeah, there are more girls uh, at a high level, both for the training when you are there, but also for 
having a bit better experience from the relay. And uh, we also there have uh, some uh, Czech uh, names uh, who have uh, performed really good in the uh, J-Walk. Interesting. Yeah, name. I think the most interesting names there are uh, Lucy Semikova and Anna Kaglova. Uh, Semikova, her J-Walk wasn't that good this year, uh, but she was really good at J-Walk last year. And she should be an interesting runner for for many clubs. Um, Anna Kaglova, she's still a junior next year, but she was... Uh, yeah, she had a good uh, race at the sprint, Jaywalk. I think she got a medal at the sprint there. And on the relay for uh, at Jaywalk, she did a really good first leg. Uh, very impressive. Uh, the first part of that race where she actually just ran away from the field in an unforced part of the course. That was really, really impressive. And if, if I was uh, in charge of a girls team in in the Scandinavian relay, in a big Scandinavian club, I would look for runners like this. And then we also have a Polish girl who has been running good. Yeah, so Hanna Sudol, she was in the top 15 at Jaywalk. Uh, she should be interesting. Uh, Tiffany Moulet from France should be interesting. Um, her her brother runs for IFK Göteborg, so, you know, there could always be... Uh, that's always uh, a natural connection to look for. Um, but yeah, I mean, these runners uh, have probably plenty of options and it's all of them has probably different ideas of what they want to have from a club. Uh, some of them maybe have no intention of, uh, of going to Scandinavia because it's no point uh, because they are focusing on their individual careers. Uh, but I think with the, with the World Championship in Finland, in two, three years' time, uh, I think it makes sense for the young runners that are junior now that are maybe candidates for the World Champs team in 2025 to look for a Scandinavian club. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and we can uh, then we have mentioned quite a lot of runners, uh, and uh, I think we should uh, mention also uh, the they have this uh, big celebration uh, night in Swedish orienteering on Saturday. Where they uh, they uh, uh, was some prize giving out uh, for uh, orienteers of the year and such stuff or uh, yeah team of the year and and um, in the category orienteers of the year there was the journalist who could vote for the winner. Uh, unfortunately, even national orienteering podcast was not invited to vote, and therefore we can discuss the winner. Or actually, the winners. Yeah, so it was a split win between Tuva Alexandersson and Martin Gregborn. And I think uh, the Swedish Orienteering Federation, they should uh, ask us to vote as well next year. Uh, so there can be one winner. Yeah, because this year the winner should have been. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it objectively, I mean, you should uh, give the prize to Tuva Alexandersson. Uh, but again, she's partly a, uh, a victim of her own success. So when she's winning two World Championship gold medals and the World Cup overall, it's not that much of a big deal because, uh, I mean, you expected her to win maybe more. And then on the other hand, Martin Reborn did really well uh, and probably a lot better than what you should expect. Um, and he won the European Champs and he got second place in the overall World Cup. Uh, but if you look, the, if you compare the the results they have, 
directly. I mean, the, it should be a quite big difference in the Tuves, uh, in the margin of Tuve. Yeah, uh, I also mean that. Uh, yeah, uh, world champs uh, win is better than a European champs win. Um, we can uh, go uh, quick uh, through the other prizes also. Uh, team of the year. Yeah, so team of the year was Uko Lene, the Tiumila winners. Uh, so I guess that uh, it was a hard fight there with, the, yeah, for example, the mixed sprint relay team of Sweden or the Yukoyotboy women's team that won Yukola. Uh, but I think it's quite common that the Tiumila winners uh, wins this prize. Uh, I remember we won it with Sertelli Nikon in 2016 uh, after our Tiumila victory. So uh, that's actually a prize I've been winning. Yeah, yeah, really. So it's it it can't be that prestigious. <laughs> and the long distance runner of the year. Yeah, so Martin Rayborn got that one. I mean, fair enough when he won the uh, won the European Champs. A middle distance runner of the year. Albin Riedfeldt also fair enough as he won also the European Champs. Sprint runner of the year. Yeah, so here we are back to the issue uh, with Tove. Uh, so the winner here was August Molén uh, because he got the silver medal at uh, at the knockout sprint. Uh, but there again, you know, he got the silver medal. Tove got the med- gold medal. Uh, Tove also was in the sprint relay team. Tove also uh, did well at the World Cup in Burros. So it's again the I think the the prize is too, the the voters are too colored by the surprise of his. Uh, his performance and not really looking at the performance objectively. Yeah, because uh, Gustav Bergman also has a silver medal uh, from uh, World Champs this year. That's where you remember. Yeah. So, I mean, there are plenty of candidates there, but I mean, also this one, Tove should win. I mean, it's fair that Tove doesn't win the middle distance or the long distance because she was bad at European Champs. Uh, or, I mean, long distance, she was second place, but uh, there, of course, the gold medal of Gagborn is weighted better uh, but for the sprinters too we should win every day of the week uh yeah and uh, this uh, saturday uh, it was uh, also honorable mention to map of the year have you been running on that uh, map or only seeing it uh... uh yeah so the map of the year was the swedish long distance championship uh, uh i don't uh, yeah i've not been running there uh, but it looked cool, the terrain. Uh, we remember that the Swedish long champs, it was really, really tough. And uh, I think uh, the competition of the year, or uh, yeah. It, uh, yeah, I mean, more like the event of the year. Yeah, event. Think. Yeah, yeah. It, it's an event, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. So that, but... that was Uringen and Uppsala. And I think that's also quite common that the Uringen winners, the Uringen organizers are winning this prize. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a really big. It's uh, one week of uh, events actually. So yeah, um, that was the hot stuff from the celebration night in Swedish orienteering. Do we have any hot stuff in this episode? Yeah, so I mean, we can. We have been talking uh, about Team Emit uh, previously. Uh, so now the we are recording this on Monday. So the last day to apply was uh, Sunday yesterday. And you know how many that had applied? 
Yeah, I had to uh, do some uh, journalistic work there and I uh, checked uh, how many. There, it was um, uh, 70 qualified applications. Uh, and that means that it was, uh, yeah, uh, so many who were seriously sending an application used uh, some time on it. Uh, and maybe there was also some who was just uh, uh, passed away uh, some words uh, with that serious. So I think that's yeah. quite a good number. Yeah, I mean, 70, if you have 70 runners to pick from, uh, there should be very good options to, to pick eight very, very good candidates for the team. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then we also know that Andrine Benjaminsen will be involved in the team as a mentor on the training camps and yeah, maybe also in, in between the camps. Yeah, and that's really interesting because, you know, uh, yeah, of course, um, everyone knows Andrine Benjaminsen is really, really good volunteer, uh, but I think she has a lot of to offer for the younger runners, uh, partly because of her own experience. Uh, her first few years as a senior, her last year as a junior and first year as a senior wasn't that uh, that good, uh, but she was able to fight through the hard period and she is also studying psychology, uh, so I think she has a lot to offer uh, for young runners. Uh, do we have uh, something to offer in the not uh, segment? Yes, uh, let's give some criticism to ourselves. Once again, we have been delivering a way, way too long podcast. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, the winter is coming and uh, maybe it will be less to talk about, but we are uh, taking uh, everything from you uh, guys or, and out there we can, um, that we can keep on coming with uh, shorter episodes during the winter time yes and don't forget that if you have something that you think we should be talking about feel free to contact us either at facebook or via our twitter or you can also slide into the dm at instagram yes and uh, we will be back next week in a shorter episode we can promise yes see you soon see you I'm Raúl Ferra, head coach of Harden Ski Club, and I always listen to Ibernational Orienting Podcast to get the best overviews and analysis of the main events in the orienting season. Ibernational Orienting Podcast, mapping compass, navigation skill, orienting competition. Running like a motherfucker. Ibernational Orienting Podcast.